0: Welcome back to an episode of Gamers TV. we got a nice lineup here for you guys. Uh, as always, I am Pixel. Let's go ahead and kick this off for you guys. So if anyone is as interested in CD Project Red as I am, uh, you'll definitely be excited for Cyberpunk 2077, uh, sets release on September 17th. I honestly cannot wait for that game. Um, but Microsoft has a nice little, um, nice little piece of equipment for us. If this is your thing, uh, they are actually releasing a Xbox One X Cyberpunk 2077, uh, edition. Uh, which looks pretty decent if that is your thing to collect these. Uh, personally, not too crazy about them. Uh, they also released a uh, a remote for it, uh, which looks really, really nice. But I think the uh, Elite Series 2 has definitely spoiled it for me. But just want to let you guys know that is out there for you. Uh, just be sure to snag one up because they are only making about 45,000 units. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that if that is your thing. Uh I don't know, limited edition for me, they definitely look cool, but they usually have like a higher price tag and it drops so fast. Like I don't know if you guys remember the uh the Halo one. I think it was a Halo three limited edition. It was all the,
1: yeah, you, got the you got the Message Chief helmet. Yeah, the helmet. I mean the, I'm definitely a fan of
0: those collectibles, but like the actual consoles don't really do it for me.
1: Well, I'm a little confused so you said that they're releasing a xbox one Xbox one X version of cyberpunk
0: yeah, like the console right like it's gonna have its own
1: design and everything yeah but is that really worth it with the new gens coming out in November
0: uh, I guess it depends on the on the consumer at that point personally, not for me I mean I'm gonna be playing the game on PC anyway so uh, it would honestly just be a waste of money um, unless you're like really collector and really into it. Uh, personally, like I said, it's not, it's not doing it for me.
1: Yeah. It definitely sounds like a super collectors item, but I can't see someone dropping that much money and then getting the next gen console. Um, I mean, they get to get cyberpunk anyways on the next gen, but yeah, I don't, doesn't make much sense. To me, anyways, I don't I don't like collector's items for, or limited edition anything, really.
2: I definitely agree with you 100%. Um, when it comes to limited edition items, specifically consoles and controllers, I'm not going to go out of my way to buy them. You know what I mean? And again, just like Pixel mentioned, I have the Elite Series 2 as well for the Xbox. And after that, I'm, I'm not going to buy a regular Xbox remote ever again. You know what I mean? And um, usually the only time if you do see me with a limited edition console or controller is because I needed one at that time. You know what I mean? Like maybe my controller's damaged or it's, it's uh, you know, worn down. And I'm like, okay, I need to buy a new one. Um, and then I see a cool one, like the Fortnite one that I have. I, I needed one because my kids took over my other two remotes. And, um, you know, it was cool. And it came with like a Fortnite skin. I was into Fortnite then. But, uh, you know, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I don't think I've ever purchased anything that was limited edition. I've gotten, you know, back then when GameStop would give you something for pre-ordering a game, those things I would get. But that came with the purchase. I never went out of my way to spend an extra 40, 50, 100 bucks for something else. I would get whatever the pre-order item was, you know.
0: If it's your thing, do it up. Um, I do remember getting like the, the little extra that with things that came out, like there are a couple of like collector's editions of games that I've wanted, but it's on top of something that I've desired. Right. But as far as the console where it's more just for, I guess, eye candy for your room, it's really not my thing. Didn't do it for Aesthetics.
1: me. Aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you if you're setting up your man cave, then it's worth it
0: but you like it like the the games and everything come with absolutely but like the console for me uh, I don't think so I mean unless it's going to come super amped up like if it would compete with the Series X then maybe but it's just going to be an Xbox One X so um for that upgrade the additional price tag is likely coming with I buy would do it like even their uh, that controller that they're coming out with right the or came out with the the 2077 limited edition controller it's already estimated at well like seventy five dollars where the regular one is like what fifty sixty bucks, so I don't know, I guess the consumer again if it's your thing, do it up, they look nice, but it's just not my thing
1: yeah I mean if anyone if anyone purchases these limited edition items um definitely share your photos of them. I would like to see them outside of the marketing that Microsoft is doing just to see how people are actually using these. These things. I'm just curious.
0: Yeah. I mean, they even came out with, um, whether they came out with like a charging stand, um, mm-hmm. uh, by limited edition 2077. I think that was priced at like $50. They got some hard drives, um, that they partnered with Seagate with, um, again, varying in price and size of like two terabytes to five, I think, which is also a random number. Um, so those are out there. And they partnered with also, uh, what's that company? Uh, steel series um, and made some headsets but uh, again really not not worth it to me they look nice again if you're really into this game if you like this kind of thing check them out but just in my opinion they're just not my thing
1: yeah and then, I mean to to each their own right yeah. everyone's gonna have their own likes and preferences so yeah. they're they're obviously planning on making you know selling these so
2: people are gonna buy them it's crazy to me, though, because it's not like it's it's been a, an established series, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's a brand new IP that's coming out, and it has so much hype behind it. That hold on. Hold on.
1: Keanu Reeves is in it. In fact, I'm more <laughs> inclined to buy these limited edition items remembering the fact that Keanu Reeves is a part of this.
2: <laughs> got to put his face on it. That will probably sell a lot better.
1: No, I I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on the side of the people who didn't like Cyberpunk when they first came out because I 100% didn't. I saw it on E3 announcement and I was like, oh, it seems interesting, but it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. And then Keanu Reeve pops up as a character in here, and I was like, Well, they just got another person to buy this on day one. So good job, Microsoft. <laughs> good job.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that was definitely um a major starting point. Like seeing him in that trailer at the end, I'm sure. Everyone kind of got their socks knocked off a little bit, um, but in, in other news, right, a lot of things coming out. Um, something that I can't believe that I personally missed: um, Command and Conquer is coming out with a remastered collection on June 5th. And if you're a fan of RTS games in the caliber of Age of Empires, Rise of Nations, uh, StarCraft, uh, you're you're definitely familiar with the series. And I am so excited because it is going to include the original Commander Cocker, um, as well as their, the Red Alert series. Um, and one of the cool things that they're implementing that was also in the original uh, Halo Master Chief Collection was that you are able to toggle between uh, the retro graphics and then their upgraded visuals. So definitely looking to see what that's going to be like. Um, I mean... I know Cody and I used to play a little bit of, uh, I'm sorry, I know Tortuga and I used to play a little bit of uh, Age of Empires. We even redownloaded it recently since it was on Game Pass. But, I mean, RTS games, that is a lot of time spent, especially from that multiplayer aspect. So I'm definitely excited for this uh, remaster collection and what that has to provide.
1: Yeah, I'm actually kind of glad you brought up that, especially the fact that we used to play when we were younger because I could not, for the life of me, figure out why I hate RTS games. And it stems from the fact that you used to beat me every single time. Um,
0: I don't think that's true.
1: Oh, it's 100% true because I am still salty about it 15 <laughs> years later. <laughs>
0: well, so it, it's, I, I think... You're wrong. Um, because I don't remember being <laughs> that good in those games. I mean, I was all right. I mean, I would hold my own against like uh, Dario La Hector.
1: They were really thanks. good. Thanks. Thanks for, you know, reminding me how bad I was at the game. You were just all right and I could never beat you. So thanks for that. Great, <laughs> great boost to my confidence there.
0: But it's crazy. So we, we've actually uh, discussed this, uh, separately. Um, but I'm kind of glad that Books is here because he labels XCOM as an RTS game and I, don't and i don't either yeah and i kind of want books to shed a little light on that like i i think rts game is right a real-time strategy game so everything has to be done in real time and i think uh like xcom like the recently released gears tactics where you have the ability to um plan out in advance the, the tactics I don't consider that real time so books you want to shed a little light on that of why you think that or um, maybe you have another definition for us
1: well, I think it should be called turn based strategies but that's just me uh, that'll fit for me yeah so yeah, uh, books with
0: XCOM right when one character goes is that it or do you go through the entire roster before the enemy team goes
2: so you pretty much you know you you it is turn based like um, Tortuga mentioned, and uh, you start with or you have a team of four. Uh, I guess your fire team is four people, and uh, you you pretty much go through each one before the enemy goes. Okay, so, you so and you then it all the depends. Roster. Yeah, so it all depends too because they they may like introduce some characters that will like you know cut into, uh, in between your your characters going or what have you but uh you know to be honest with you when 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 i hear rts that's just the game that i think of you know what i mean and the more i talk to you guys you are you guys are definitely right it's not it shouldn't be called rts because it's not real time because you do have the time to think and, and plan out exactly what you're going to do so um he's absolutely right but that's just my that's my preference though. So i like games like xcom oh, I know and, that's um, absolutely fine i
0: was more thrilled with the with the definition portion of it i mean you, you've played the games. Uh, I don't know if you could do a quick search here, but I mean, is that what they label it as?
2: I, I believe so. Um, to be honest with you, you know, I, I've been playing games like this since I started my first like the first game that I've played that's similar to you know that that style, the turn-based uh, strategy, is Armored Core. Back on the PS2, I believe it was Armored Core Four. And ever since then, I just fall I fell in love with that type of game. You know what I mean? So, uh, at this point, uh, when it comes to those style of play, I actually do have a couple different games. I just downloaded Gears Tactics, uh, as you mentioned before, and uh, I have XCOM 2, and I even got the, what is it, Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle or something like that on the Switch, which is pretty fun. You know, it it was surprising to see that Ubisoft managed to Get Mario to hold a gun, even though it's like uh, you know a fake one. It's just it's surprising to me. You know what I mean?
0: Hey, so real quick, um, looks like uh, it is labeled as a turn-based tactical video game. Is how they uh, they labeled that. So I mean, that's that makes you feel better. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know, but I, I know it's something minor to get fixated on, but it just it just didn't feel like a match for me. Uh, but uh, that's I mean. It it looks fun enough to watch, but I don't think it's something that I would um, definitely use. Um, But yeah, uh, what do you guys, um, as we kind of talk here about these kind of games that are coming out, um, we have uh, news that Sony confirmed they have a event on June 4th. uh, they, they have an announcement, very likely they're going to reveal uh, the PS5 and maybe some games. I am very excited about it. Um, they have gone over some of their hardware aspects of what it's going to include, but I really want to take a good look at this console and see what they're going to do with the controller as well. I know that was brought out, but I've only seen the white version. So I wonder if that means they're going to go with a white console at launch or if there is going to be a black one and they're going to keep it in the same fashion as like the PS2, the PS3 and the PS4. So do you uh, books, do you have any uh, announcement against of what maybe they're going to have at launch?
2: So, I mean, other than, you know, the standard games, um, I, I really don't know much about it uh, i'm just excited about the the uh, announcement you know i've been very excited about the ps5 more than the series x um to the point that i i, I just want to be i want to be surprised when i watch things like this you know what i mean so i've just been trying to stay oh, away Oh wait, from no it. yeah
0: I mean, i'm just going from a pure speculation standpoint um i i really want to know what's going to be their launch title because that usually is uh you know pretty fanatical maybe they'll have a hidden infamous game in there you know um, I know they made an announcement to their developers that any games that come out after I believe it was July thirteenth ha also have to be compatible with the p s five and I think that is a great, great thing because you don't want it you don't want to lock it into one generation right so I'm curious if that's something that's already happened with something like the last of us which is coming out so late in the console's um, lifespan. Um, But also, I want to know if they're going to do something similar to the Xbox Smart Delivery. Uh, For those of you that are unaware, right, the Smart Delivery, if you buy a game on current gen, like Cyberpunk 2077 has been confirmed to be uh, Smart Delivery compatible, you will get a free upgrade to the Series X. I really hope Sony has something similar because i know we've touched on it briefly but i had to buy gta 5 so many times i don't want that to be a thing so i really hope they have something like that
1: yeah i mean i think they they should also because it's it's just fair to the consumer instead of like you said buying the same games for every possible console you know just to just to get get there when once you want to get the new console it just makes no sense I definitely think they should consider doing that and uh, based on the announcement that they they made that make making developers make sure there is compatible it sounds like they are on the right track at least.
2: And one thing that I got from that is that if they're forcing all developers that would be awesome too whereas Xbox is only uh, as far as I can tell it's only certain developers or certain games that are going to be uh, you know with the uh, smart delivery um Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, that's what that's what I got from it. You, well, you know, you're right.
0: The smart delivery is just right—a free upgrade. Right? It's not about making the game compatible. It's not having to purchase the game again for the next generation.
2: So you think that the PlayStation One isn't going to be like an upgrade? Is just going to be. Backwards compatibility, you know, just being com- right. being no, able to play a said. PS4 game. They just game and- need
0: the game to be compatible with the next series. does it mean that they're going to offer a free upgrade to that game. For games, again, produced, I, I think they mentioned games that are released after July that must have that compatibility. But that does not mean that you're not going to have to pay full price at launch of the PS5, you know?
1: Even while owning it already with the PS4. Yeah, I just, I don't know. That rubs me the wrong way. It does. I mean, I'm excited for this
0: console. I really want it to do well because, you know, if the PS5 does well, which I'm sure it will, it just keeps the other, um, you know, publishers and um, manufacturers on their toes to make sure that everything's always cutting edge instead of having that monopoly right in the market. So I am very curious to see what they're going to announce. Um on june 4th so uh keep an eye on on that because i know we will
2: definitely no i'm super excited for the ps5 you know and one thing that that i'm always excited for when it comes to playstation is its exclusives you know we've had this conversation this uh, debate many times where i'd say that i mean hardware where it's definitely important when it comes to a a buying a console it's exclusives that mainly sell it but that's just my opinion. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, it's both, man. Like I know we talked about this. Like all hardware, a lot of people don't really care about like the RAM or the processor, but you know, some people do. um You know, like I like like we've talked about, right? If it wasn't able to support these graphics, what are they going to? What are these games? What are these games going to do if they can't support the visual aspect of it? You know, obviously. When you think back now, games like Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, going back to the Super Nintendo, those games were cutting edge and they didn't have the best graphics. You know, they were still working on 16 bit. But is that something that would be acceptable now if the games weren't able to run at a higher uh, resolution?
1: No, of course not. And I mean, it ties into a lot of things when you think about it, we get these fancy eight k 4k 16k televisions we're not going to settle for subpar graphics from video games when we're getting these crazy amazing movies you know what
0: i mean um so while again the hardware might not be the main selling point they go hand in hand because yeah you might have a good processor you might have good ram in these consoles but what about the video card right if the video card is running ps1 graphics What's that going to do for you? Like if Ghost of Tsushima had PS1 graphics, would you still be
1: as excited for her books? Yeah. If you saw Polygons, how would you feel?
2: <laughs> I mean, I'd probably still play it. I mean, you're going to tell me that, that you wouldn't play cr- that Chrono Triggers and playable right now with the Super Nintendo graphics. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, I, I, you're absolutely right though. I, I would expect the, uh, you know, obviously the graphics to be, to be cutting edge. Um, but my argument is it's mainly, in whether or not a system will outsell another, or a console will outsell another console from the same generation, because having you know because of having better hardware, and I've always said that 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 that's not the no, case. Games one hundred
0: percent important because why buy a console if you're not going to play games, right? You know, someone who's just casually using it to watch movies, get the Blu-rays, they're not going to buy a, a PS4 or, or an Xbox, right? They're going to probably buy a Blu-ray player or some sort of receiver, right? So like I get where you're coming from one hundred percent, and I I agree with you. I know you don't hear that a lot from me, <laughs> right? But like I agree with you. But you can't just say that the hardware does not sell games when it is just as important to a gamer that the hardware matches up with the ability to play these games as well.
1: So so books, let me let me uh play devil's advocate here and try to split the seams between you and Pixel. So I think what Pixel's getting at is the fact that well let's start with what you're saying that exclusivity sells more when it comes to consoles right but that's only possible because playstation and xbox hardware have been so similar but per pixels questions if xbox hardware was superior to playstations would that not change the sales and the driving force behind people buying the playstation
2: i don't think so um and and to be honest when it comes to you know when they put out the xbox one x right and they dubbed it the most powerful console i I didn't really do anything for its sales you know what i mean um a console that came out what three years later 2017 the uh, nintendo switch has already outsold the xbox one and and you know and all it's all three variants that and it's it's been out what three years less than the other console so I believe that, you know, a Switch that doesn't really have hardware that's comparable to the PS4 or the Xbox One, you know, it, it's pretty much just the exclusive titles. But, I mean, I get it. I get what you guys are saying. But my my argument, I think maybe I'm being misunderstood a little bit here, too, because when it comes to the hardware, you know, when when you go from one gen to another, it's pretty much expected that the hardware is going to be, you know. Um, how do I say it? Uh, upgraded. Yeah, I mean, obviously upgraded, yeah. Um, or it's just the standard, you know what I mean? Every time they jump to the next generation, you know that the hardware is obviously going to be so much better. Um, but just the argument that I've been trying to make is that the Xbox Series X is probably going to be slightly better than the the PS5 when it comes to hardware. But I don't think it's going to do anything to boost its sales compared to the PS5 sales. Well,
1: no, no, I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference to make. Got to you know, kind of go into in this direction,
0: right? So, um, uh, I'll touch on both points here. I I would be a good example on this. The PS4 had great games that I've wanted to try. Right? We had Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, God of War, um, the the Last of Us Two that's coming out. Um, I have played. I have played those games, but. I waited years for them to come out before I even played them. I was not going to purchase a PS4 for the four or five exclusives that they have. It's it's not worth the price for me. They were fantastic games, but I could not justify the cost of a console for them. Um, that's that's one piece, right? Um, then we have the other piece of the hardware portion. You know, we got news that supposedly the. PS5 hard drive is going to be, what was it a hundred times faster than the current hard drive on the PS4? Um, we did some research and we found that it's going to have a, was it five gigabyte um, read, right? So it's going to read data at, was it five gigabytes per second? That is amazing, right? That's, yeah, that's insanely fast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to compare, I believe the current, um, the current model reads at like 100 megabytes per second that is huge right and that to me is something that could push me right um on top of you know there's so many other factors right i don't think i'm going to get to series x because a lot of their games are already on pc either through game pass game pass or purchasing through the microsoft store so that for me is uh, you know one detractor already for for Microsoft, uh, whereas I might forego buying the Xbox and using those funds to buy a PS Five this time around for that very reason. So I don't know. Uh, it's so many factors from that aspect, um, but does not make me any less excited to see what Sony has for us this week.
2: Of course, and and one thing that I've mentioned too constantly is that I feel like that was a uh, that's was a mistake for. For Xbox, you know what I mean? To not keep any of its exclusives only on Xbox. Um, and, and just like you mentioned, you know, when I, me having a PC now and um, going into the next gen, I can definitely see myself, just like you said, foregoing an Xbox Series X because everything that they're going to have, it's going to be on the PC. So I'll definitely be, you know, buying the PS5, maybe um, going back to something that we touched on last episode um comfort you know what i mean that might be a reason why i'd buy an xbox just like uh our friend tortuga said here uh that he'd rather play certain games on a couch than sitting at a desk and i i agree 100 percent. you know what i mean so that that might be one of the reasons why i get an xbox to be honest with you
1: yeah then um that would be the only reason that i would get a series x um is to play one title that's coming out in the future there's no date yet but beyond good and evil Two. Which has been thrown at us years ago, and we get the smallest amounts of breadcrumbs as far as um, any updates to the game. But I almost hmm.
2: thought you were gonna say Gear 6.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, I'll play that on the PC. But Beyond Good and Even 2, the reason I wanna play that on the couch is because from what we can see, it's gonna be one of those super grindy games where you have to spend so many hours trying to level up your characters and to attain new items, to attain material, to train, attain new ships. So I'm going to want to be sitting on my couch, playing on my TV, whereas, you know, on my computer chair, dealing with keyboard and mouse and then just a, a computer monitor versus an actual television. I'm going to pick the television every time, especially for a game like that, where it's supposed to be incredibly beautiful and super interactive and just immersive completely immersive you like you just get lost in those worlds so yeah that's going to be primarily the only reason i would get an xbox series x
0: you know another thing that um you know big mike as uh, danny calls him, of uh, one thing that they're doing which is something that i'm kind of excited for just because i occasionally do like to play older games is what they're doing with their backwards compatibility um they are looking to have these games running um in HDR at 120 frames, right? Which is uh, almost cap or is cap on the Series X. Uh, one minor addition to that is that they're looking to take games from the prior generations that did not have any HDR support and apply that. And That's awesome. Yeah, right? So for someone who... What's the game I, on the uh, OG Xbox? I played uh, the Matrix game, right? Matrix, the path of Neo. And I love that game. That game was amazing. So it'll be great to see how some of these games could have aged or uh, could have looked if they had the HD support that we have today. So I'm, I'm looking uh, very much um, forward to that to see what we got, um, which kind of brings up another point of uh nostalgia right um i am a very nostalgic person i'm sure you guys have noticed by now i always like to go back reference um things that we've played in the past um with these new consoles doing um A lot of uh, remasters and remakes, you know, we have uh, Saints Row 3, I believe, is getting that that support if that's not out already. You know, are there any games that you guys are looking forward to that were announced or any games that you feel deserve a remaster?
1: So one that I have my heart set out that, you know, was announced a few weeks ago is Mass Effect. Uh, The entire trilogy is being remastered. And that's something I cannot wait for. And that's going to be an incredible game to replay. with like you said, with the current graphics, as things are today with our current standards. And it's something uh, now that I know what's happening, I'm looking forward to when they're going to announce when that's coming out.
0: So are they just going to like touch up on the current game and just kind of do improvements? Or are they reworking it from the ground up? Like, like the Ocarina of Time 3D that came out for the 3DS, that was remade completely from the ground up. Um, so, I mean, do you guys ha- have a preference? Like I would love the, the legend of Zelda skyward sword to come out on the switch. I know it's not as old as some of these other ones. I think that was like 2011 or so, but I love that game. Hey, it gets so much unnecessary negative attention on, in my eyes. Cause it was extremely lore heavy. Um, unlike the, uh, breath of the wild which i also love just use a different formula so it's it's curious to see you know what what they're doing with that mass effect like is are they going to touch up on what's already out there for um like a a remastered version or will they remake it from the ground up
2: so as far as i've heard or read um it's looking like it's, it's just a remaster you know what i mean and um to to answer your question at first, too, what games that I'd be excited for? Um, there's a few of them that that are were rumored for the Switch, and uh, you know, the Metroid Prime trilogy. That's definitely something to be oh excited my for. God, I
0: would love that.
2: Um, yeah. So uh, another thing that's been rumored is the Mario Galaxy possibly coming back to the Switch. Um, that would be that would be great because I've never played them and I've heard nothing but great things about. That. I think both of them got a ten out of ten and like many different um, you know reviews or reviewers sorry uh one more thing that i'd be excited for is um just as you mentioned skyward sword um some of the zelda games getting remade that i've heard that i've read that it's been rumored hopefully it, it, it does come true um but that they're going to remake skyward sword and twilight princess i'm not sure if you guys heard that or read that somewhere, but uh, that would be that would be great too because I haven't played those games either. <laughs> Wait, you haven't
0: played. I heard Twilight Princess. What was the other one? Skyward Sword. Oh, so oh, so you're you're missing out. I actually have never played um, Majora's Mask, um, or Wind Waker.
2: You know, what's funny Majora's Mask. I mean, it, it that game gets a lot of a lot of hate too, you know. But it, it was pretty much a game that they did on such short notice, and and it came out. And it's a pretty it's a pretty good game. I love it. You know, it it can get a little, you know, frustrating how you have to just reset time every single time. I don't know if I should be saying that, but um, I mean, 1990 something, right? Whatever. Uh, (laughs) So you have to, you know, go back and and you lose everything and you have to restart. Um, The only thing you keep is your abilities and the masks. You know what I mean? But um, it definitely was a fun game and and they did it in such short notice. Um, As you can tell, it looks exactly like the, uh, the previous installment, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. And, uh, but I think that in its own right, it, it is a good story too. You know, I don't know, you said you've never played it, right? What about you, Tortuga?
1: No, my Zelda experience goes as far as Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't, I, I only played Breath of the Wild. I was only so hyped about it for the graphics and the artwork, not so much of the lore or the history. But I recognize some of the characters from Ocarina of Time, but, you know, not all of them.
0: So it's actually funny you mentioned that. I remember watching, I oh, was sorry, uh, Tortuga was watching me play the, uh, the original Mass Effect one time. And I'm pretty sure his jaw was on the floor the whole time. Like, what are you doing now? And um, I know he was judging <laughs> me the entire time. And I actually. Got
1: Fort to- wait, hold on. For the rest of it, for everyone, because obviously they don't know what he's going on about, is the fact that he was not talking to every single thing or picking up every item or reading every little thing in the Mass Effect world, which is 99% of the game anyways. The other 1% is shooting aliens and blowing which stuff up.
0: Which I normally do, right? Um, But I I wasn't. And then I had a, a combat encounter. And I, I vaguely remember not doing anything he wanted me to do. But I did get to relive that frustration uh, with the roles reverse. I was watching play uh, Breath of the Wild, and my heart was hurting the entire time because he was not using the (laughs) outfits. Um, I mean, obviously, you play the game how you want to play, right? Uh, That's one of the beautiful things about that game. But i my like my fingers are twitching like it was it was not a good time for me it was definitely
1: yeah i'm I'm pretty sure i beat that game with a wooden club i didn't use any of the swords i collected along the way that's just that's just how i played the game
2: and you know just to um just to flip it up a little bit while we're on the topic um it's also been rumored that capcom was going to remake resident evil 4 instead of you know continuing the series and and making an eighth installment and i feel like that's a game that that doesn't actually need to be remade you know that game is is great Uh, the the original three definitely you know definitely warranted a a remake because of you know it it, it being so old it was like what first gen playstation you know what i mean and and the style of play too the way that you walk it was so clunky and it's definitely something that needed uh, to be remade from the ground up and reworked but Resident Evil four is the game that that set it apart you know that made Resident Evil um I, in my opinion as big as it is now even though it was huge before that but that that game was just amazing you know and it first came out on the um what would it be considered second gen p s two Xbox original gamecube now it wouldn't be considered second gen but uh, it originally came out on those three consoles and they were amazing you know and then they've be, they've been remade or remastered every single gen since. You know, as in it's been ported to pretty much every single console, every platform since it came out. And that's how great that game was. You know what I
1: think Capcom should actually focus on with all their game work and developments is a new Mega Man Battle Network game. That's what they should be focusing on.
0: Oh man there's there's not enough love for for Mega Man nowadays. Um we did get Mega Man 11 after all these years after what was considered a failure for a Mighty Number 9. Um I would actually love uh, a look into the X series. Um I know right X uh, Mega Man X 6, 7 and 8 didn't do too great. Um and that's kind of the last we heard about it. Um but there's also the very long awaited Mega Man Legends series as well which uh took a more rpg approach to it i i would just love to see almost anything megaman and do not get me started on splinter cell to be honest um <laughs> i i just get teased left and right like he was in ghost recon wildlands you no, know, with some dlc for a bit um there was some uh, news about a splinter cell doesn't um not sure if that's going to be Sam Fisher himself or if it's just going to be a Splinter Cell operative being added to uh Rainbow Six Siege. So I honestly think that might be enough to have me pick up the game. Like I think I would just be absolutely uh in love with it.
2: Hey, whatever whatever reason, man, what it's a great game. I've been telling you guys this for for so long now. You Rainbow Six Siege have, is an amazing you game.
0: You definitely have and that that might be the hammer. That might be like the the final switch for to make me get it.
2: It's it's funny because when, when I play I first played the, the beta, um I didn't like it. You know what I mean? It was so bad in its early stage. I mean, I know it was just a beta, um, but it, it made me completely look away from the game for so long. And then I figured, hey, let me give it another shot. And then when I got back into it, it felt so different than before. It was just so clean. And um I, I know there's there'sn't really many different game styles that you can play or game types, sorry but uh the the whole bomb thing or or the hostage i mean it it, you know the elimination type of uh multiplayer it it just feels right you know and and it's it's definitely very fun especially when you play with with uh friends um so that's definitely something that we should get into and you know i I know you guys would definitely appreciate that kind of game type because you know we've been getting into valorant together and and from what i see everybody's enjoying that game
0: i love valorant i but we got like two more days, comes out on Tuesday, uh, full release. Uh, I'm gonna have to jump yep. into that. I, I'm i excited for Valorant. Um, and some minor, uh, some minor news on here. This is kind of pointed more for our listeners and books. Uh, if you like those, uh, the Funko Pop uh, figures, um, they there are some that are coming out. There's gonna be a Kratos one, uh, there's gonna be one for Joel from, um, From The Last of Us, us. right? Um, There's... uh, I'm not familiar with the series, so I apologize. I think he's called The Hunter, right? From Bloodborne. There's a Bloodborne finger coming out. And uh, Jin from the uh, upcoming game, Ghost of Tsushima, is also getting one. And they'll all be uh, over at GameStop. So I know books, right? You were definitely looking at them. We saw that Overwatch sale a couple days ago. So I know you'd be interested in at least two of those. So...
2: Definitely. Yeah, so, you know, God of War and, and Ghost of Tsushima, that's like... Ghost of Tsushima is, is my, my most ap- anticipated game of all time at this point. You know what I mean? And I'm super excited for that.
1: Even more than Beyond Good and Evil 2? Well,
2: I mean, I haven't... I haven't really... Yep. I'm not that hyped about it as you are, I'm you definitely know? not. <laughs>
1: like, I don't <laughs> understand how not. That game has everything that you care about in video games.
0: I... I do not have as much time to play video games anymore, so I'll have to see more about the game before I show I show it the love that you're giving it. It looks great. I'm I'm excited for some of the character creation in there. I am definitely excited for the travel and the different modes of transportation, but I'm going to have to see what it does with it story-wise. Um, I was burned with uh, The Division. I'm sure Danny's going to love hearing this one.
2: And also, one more thing before... Um- we move on. Valorant, I, I mentioned to you guys last night that they actually announced a new agent. And yeah, I saw that. Cool. I know you guys got to check out the uh, the trailer for her. Uh, her name is Reyna, um, and, and she looks pretty awesome.
1: AKA Vampire Sombra from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of
0: funny <laughs> you mentioned that because Apex also released uh, a new character a couple days ago, and it was Loba, right? So it's like they're both Hispanic women. So it's kind of funny to me.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I'm just glad that. You know, while they stopped the uh, the servers for a few days, that they're still you know working on the game and they're still adding more um, characters and they're still optimizing it. Which is you know the same to say for Rainbow Six Siege. That game came out how long ago? Like five years ago, six years ago, and they're still constantly working on it and optimizing it and added new adding new um, operators. You know, and I, I didn't. I never heard about the whole uh, Splinter Cell oper- operator until you mentioned it. Uh, well, that's definitely something that I'm excited for because I love that game. You know, even when they released it, they said it was going to be no. an eight-year game.
1: Really? It all depends on the fan base, right? They're not going to make things that no one's going to use or play. So if the fan base is great enough to continue playing games, they're going to keep releasing things if people are still buying microtransactions and supporting them in that fashion. But th- that... Bringing that up, it worries me a little bit with Valorant because it's such a new game and Riot went so hard with the beta keys and having everyone watch a Twitch stream to get a key and whatnot, it kind of made it seem that Valorant was a super like wanted game because the stream views are so high on Twitch and Mixer that it well not Mixer because it was only Twitch. And it makes you think, you know, not when the game comes out, will the numbers match the hype? will it still be the top five watched items on Twitch? You know? And it worries me that since it's such, since it's a free game and they're going to make majority of their money on, on skins, will, will it hold up to the hype and stay afloat long enough to keep releasing new items new maps, new characters and, and things like that. And, and just bringing that new freshness that we love when it comes to games like these.
2: Hey, you know, if if it doesn't, we still have, Overwatch to fall back on. <laughs> and I have uh I have Counter-Strike global offensive as well, too. So
1: <laughs> that's fair. I don't know. I feel like Valorant is holding up its own. I, I am seeing a lot of backlash on social media with Valorant saying that the game is dead. It's not gonna pick up once it launches and that people, you know, got it out of their system when it came out. But I just feel like that's not true. It hold it holds such a great platform for a competitive scene that I can see people falling in love with this game and keeping up with pro players because it's such a difficult game to be incredibly good at.
0: I am very excited for Valorant. Um I I think it'll hold its own. You know, Books actually asked a question earlier um obviously outside of the the show here. Will um you know, will Valorant kind of put Overwatch in in the back end, right? Make it a a supporting game. And I, I honestly don't know because, again, in order to get into the beta, you had to watch a stream. So I did feel like that inflated interest. But then, on the other hand, I feel like it gave it honest interest because you had to watch the game and by watching the game, you would determine if you wanted to wait around to get the key. And if you got the key and played it, did it make you a fan? I I'll tell you right now, when it was first announced and right, it was like leaked or, or it was like a minor announcement for it. I wasn't excited for it. It was like okay, cool, it's another game coming out um, based on what they showed. But actually playing the game and experiencing it from that standpoint, especially the the teamwork of it, because uh, playing with uh, with Tortuga and Books here, I I loved it. I am very excited for Valorant, and I think it's mainly that co-op aspect of it because it's not as ability-heavy as Overwatch. You know, ability spammer uh, the game. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how it will hold up um, during the first week here, and see what that's going to do for you know views on platforms like Twitch or Mixer, and just overall what they'll report.
1: You know, to kind of add on to what you uh, said in the beginning there, if Valorant takes off and puts Overwatch in the backseat, I kind of feel like that's a great thing to happen. Overwatch had its time in the sun, you know. Everyone enjoyed it when it came out in years then. But it also gives Blizzard the opportunity to finally finish Overwatch 2, which was leaked uh, a few years back. And I feel like if Overwatch gets put in the backseat, That'll kick that into Drive, and then we'll finally get an Overwatch 2. And hey, I would not be surprised if they make it like Valorant or CSGO now that that's kind of like the new thing if it becomes a new game style.
2: They might definitely add like a a game mode like that, you know, Uh, which would be awesome. You know, I'll definitely definitely play it again. Um, But yeah, just as you guys, you know, I'm super excited to play Valorant, especially with, um, you know, with you guys. Um, because we're we're all learning together. We're all going to be growing together and ranking together in that game. And it, it's just exciting to see it. And I know we're going to get super competitive when it comes to, you know, who's doing better than who. Right. Because I know I get super competitive, too. So Yeah, I'm <laughs> but, tired of uh, carrying
1: you currently in the beta. So you might need to pick it up when the game comes out. You definitely do need yeah, to
2: pick it up. <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> on. Hey, out of all the times that we played, I, I was the only one that actually got a VIP in the in, in game.
1: All I'm saying is I'm tired of starting the game and you saying, what does this do? All right. You need more practice, my friend.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, uh, to kind of add on to that of, right, the, uh, the Valorant coming out. Um, there it has been reported or I'm sorry, it has been rumored that Call of Duty of the 2020 is to take place in the Cold War. Um, I personally did not enjoy Warzone as much as I thought I would. So that was uninstalled really fast but i am curious to see where they're going to take the series because a lot of people enjoyed uh, black ops uh, one and i believe black ops two took place in the same era as well so i'm kind of curious to see what activision is going to do from that standpoint
2: i think as long as they don't do world war ii I i might try it out you know the cold era was definitely an interesting time and uh, you know, it, it's definitely spawned a, a lot of games that that are also pretty interesting. Uh, mainly, and you guys probably already know what I'm going to say here. Metal Gear Solid Three, one of the you know best games ever made, to be honest. And uh, you know, just just the lore behind what actually was happening between you know two great nations uh, when it comes to power. Uh, I mean, seeing that in play out in, in video games in different ways, or or people retelling the same story in their own way. It's interesting to me, you know what I mean, and and kind of like you know I, I'm interested in, in different eras, you know, in history mainly, uh, but different eras. Like my favorite era of all time is is as I mentioned to you guys, feudal Japan. You know what I mean, and and I feel like that's one of the main reasons why I'm, I'm super excited for Ghost of Tsushima, um, but that definitely is another another time in in our history that that was very interesting as well because of of everything that occurred and and how everything played out and how long it it, it pretty much. You know, went for. I, I feel like it'll definitely keep heading in the right direction as long as they don't go back to World War II.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am tired of World War II games, from like the Medal of Honor series, uh, the Call of Duty World War II. Uh, I mean, very important war, obviously, but um, they have so much to work with that I think they they have the the resources to kind of take it in the direction. So we'll see what that does to it. Um, now, what about the uh the valve index uh, i have never right, played the the new vr um but i know books was definitely interested in it so i right with half like half-life alex coming out i i did kind of get uh, uh, a little more interested in it so it's definitely something i want to own down the line but wh- what do you feel about the vr
2: so to be honest, uh, VR didn't really interest me at first. Um, but then I started seeing more, you know, games coming out for obviously it's going to look more appealing. Um, but there's only a few games that I actually want to play in, in VR, one of them being Resident Evil seven, Biohazard. And um, and obviously Half Life Alex, you know, Half-Life the Half Life series has always been a great game, you know, a great series. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, I'm into horror and stuff like that. I, I just want to Feel like I'm in there, you know what I mean? And hopefully it gets me like that. Uh, it would be cool, you know what I mean? But uh, Half-Life Alex is definitely something I want to check out. And if I'm going to go and get VR, I'm definitely going to go top of the line. You know, so the Valve Index is definitely going to be something that is on my bucket list, you know, for buying.
1: You know what game would be amazing in VR? Besides Resident Evil?
2: Beyond Good and Evil too?
1: <laughs> no, that, I need to be on the couch for that. Um No, Elite Dangerous. Lead Dangerous. Would oh
0: yeah! I actually saw um, uh, some peripherals for it, where right you have like the joystick uh, thing from Logitech. It was like one hundred and fifty dollars. But I would love Lee Dangerous in VR. It, it's a game that I honestly <laughs> wish I played a lot more. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with that.
2: What do you think though? Like, you guys have you guys ever tried VR at all? I have not. Not
0: yeah. Not like the normal. Everything I've I've seen is on YouTube, like Beat Saber or something like that.
1: Yeah, I feel like VR isn't exactly where I wish it were for me to try it. It's it's definitely a great stepping stone. But for me to get into VR is going to have to be a full body suit where I feel like I am in that game. Not controlling Joy-Cons or it mirroring my hand movements through some camera. Like, no, it needs to be zero latency. What I do, it does or it reacts to before I can get into virtual reality. Until we get there, I'm probably not going to touch it.
0: Do you want the, the movie gamer
1: yeah like the movie gamer or ready player one or the anime series sword or online anything similar to that i'll be more behind virtual <laughs> reality
2: you know and, and that's something that that i'm looking for in vr as well you know like i, I want to feel like i'm I'm there um when it comes to you know i said i like horror and stuff like that if i play resident evil 7 on vr i want it to you know to i want to have some jump scares and stuff like that right you no know, but i don't know if it's definitely gonna is going to make me feel that way, but I'll definitely try it.
1: Well, if if it gets as immersive as the, the you know the titles I mentioned earlier, it can potentially mess with your brain because then you start getting into the psychosis of things. Like you start questioning what is reality, and you start wanting to get more into like the virtual side of things. And it's definitely going to have a lot of negative side effects to it. So it's definitely something that needs to be treaded carefully as we approach that very possible future. Um, but I can. I can't see myself playing virtual reality the way that it currently is. It just, the way I see it is I'm still playing on a connect with goggles on. That's the way I feel about it.
2: And it's funny, you know, um, when it comes to VR, I don't know if you guys seen you've guys seen that uh, the switch try to make its own little thing uh, with the Labo.
0: Oh yeah. The the Nintendo label. Uh, Yeah. No, those, those are interesting um, to watch. Uh, The price tag on those didn't do for me at all. Um, but i I don't think I've actually seen um anything that uses it fully.
2: it was funny because I, I i feel like I called it too um when it comes to the VR I always said that when as soon as the switch first came out that it could definitely be used as a you know with the VR kit where you could just dock the the switch you know right in front of your eyes and and use that as the actual VR and then the joy cons it could be at your size or, or what have you and and you know. You could play the game that way. Um, But the way that it worked with that is you had to like control it right on your head as well. The joy cons had to be attached to the switch. As far as I can tell, Uh, I never actually seen it being used otherwise. That sounds terrible. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs)
1: We're, we're just not where we need to be with virtual realities. We're definitely headed that way though, as we see all these new equipment coming out handling more powerful things thrown at it. But I feel like once we master you know, long power source where it doesn't require require an incre- incredibly heavy backpack, then we can actually start, you know, working on fully immersive virtual reality.
2: And another thing too, uh, this is something that, that me and you both were excited about before Tortuga. Um, Microsoft had before mentioned that they were going to work on an AR headset an augmented reality. Like I wonder whatever happened to that.
1: Uh, they probably started working on the Xbox series X.
2: <laughs> Probably right. But that would have been awesome though. I feel like that that would get me more. You know, it would be. It's more appealing to me than than virtual reality.
1: Yeah, augmented reality. I would be more keen to get into that before virtual reality because it's in the name. It's augmented. You can see around um the actual reality and then the digital effects that are happening in that focus point. And there are a lot of cool things that I've seen. We got Pokemon Go, right? That came out. That's augmented reality when you flip it on and the Pokemons are around your house or outside your neighborhood or parks or whatever, which is awesome. And I've also seen these augmented reality cards for Dungeons and Dragons where you basically have this entire augmented reality battlefield that's, and then you need your cell phone looking at it and then it activates everything. And then the monsters you're fighting, you know, react to what you're doing. And it's been, a lot of like exciting advancements when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I'm definitely more into augmented reality than I am with virtual reality for that fact. It feels more like, Uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh growing up, but it feels like oh my god, (laughs) that's (laughs) what
0: it's (laughs) like. (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: That's basically what it feels like, where they're standing on two opposite ends of this like battle arena, right? And then they're throwing their cards down on their reader, and it, it it reacts on the middle of the stage, and things are happening as they send things to attack, and we're actually there with technology, and it it that excites me way more than virtual reality.
0: No, I hear you, man. I hear you. And There's so many things that you could probably um, try to use it for, right? What do we have? So there's things like Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, Dungeons of Dragons. Um, maybe Digimon. The- Digimon, yeah, <laughs> digital, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you also have uh, right uh, with. I uh, guess I'm really excited for Cyberpunk 2077, but you know that is based off of the board game, uh, the tabletop uh, Cyberpunk 2020. So you know, there's uh, there's things that they can kind of implement that way so i think board games will make uh, a comeback in a uh, in a very big way not that they've really gone away but i think they would open it up to a broader audience
2: you know i was talking about i was talking about um that game ta- tabletop simulator that can be used for virtual reality that'd be cool if we can like start a D game through a uh, tabletop simulator
1: yeah i mean it's all about finding the time with everyone involved the more people the harder it is to have uh, an actual working schedule but it's definitely something I, I wouldn't mind exploring with you with you all.
0: Definitely, man. Um, and, you know, with that and, and everything with uh, all these games that are uh, coming out, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of video game Easter eggs. I don't know if you guys are. Um, I think one of my favorite ones has to be from uh, Fallout New Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I think they kind of... Make fun of the the Indiana Jones movie, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where he escapes a nuclear blast by hiding in a refrigerator. And they actually have like a a dead skull, uh, I'm sorry, a skeleton inside of a fridge that you can find while roaming. I think it's probably one of my favorite ones. Do you guys have any
1: Easter uh, eggs that you guys enjoy? I mean, the only one that comes to mind really and it's so long ago, and I'm going to paraphrase this and ruin it, is from Halo 3. You guys remember with with, with Halo came Rooster Teeth? Yes. So Red versus Blue? Yeah, Red versus Blue. Um, there was, in the beginning of one of the chapters, there's a skit be- between voice actors and Rooster Teeth where the aliens attack or get ready to attack or something's about to blow up, and one of the officers is trying to get into this vault that they were just locked out on and it's like open the door and they're like what's the password? I don't know the password and it was just it was comical and you can definitely tell that was from rouge' Teeth but that's really the only easter egg I can remember experiencing and actually recalling.
0: That's that's funny I think one of my other favorite ones is from L.A. Noir, which if you haven't played you're doing yourself an injustice. Uh, that game was so underrated to me um, but in one of the cases, uh, where because you play as a detective, um, if you go around looking for clues around the area, if you open up uh, a trash can, uh, you actually pull up the uh, the hat of John Marston from uh, the Red Dead Redemption series.
1: That's actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean they're both Rockstar titles, so you know. No yeah, facts, but um, yeah, I think another one um, that I like was from Metal Gear Solid one uh i believe the character was psychomantis i think was his name um which is one of the most innovative bosses if you think about it but he whenever the, the the boss is actually talking to the character solid snake um one of the things he does he actually scans your memory card on the playstation 1 and he'll make a reference to it like um like Castlevania, right, but like he'll he'll he legit mention the game oh, so you like Castlevania, right um, and he just does all that by like actually reading the memory card, which is pretty interesting,
2: yeah, it was any any Konami game, I remember that Yo, um for me, you know when, as soon as you said it, it it's an injustice uh for whoever hasn't played l a nor it made me think of Nether Studios going back to Mortal Kombat and injustice and you know all the games that they make they they pretty much. When it comes to the pre-fight dialogue, mm-hmm. I, I love it. You know, like some of them actually mention other games, like previous games. Uh, some of them just have like a, a comedic dialogue. But there was one, for example, with Sub Zero and Raiden and Mortal Kombat 11. And one of them comes in and says, "Um, I dreamed I had a dream of a, a different, you know, a, a strange world where with the Dark Knight." And then the other one says, "Oh, and the Cape Crusader." And it's funny because they were both in Injustice 2.
1: Oh, that's a pretty neat crossover.
2: Yeah, is a pretty You know, and then uh, there was another dialogue between Raiden and um, Lu Kang where he mentions something about Kronika's deception. And, uh, you know, Raiden says something about Kronika's deception. And then Lu Kang says, oh, that, that she fears our Deadly Alliance, which again, Deception and Deadly Alliance are two previous installments in the Mortal Kombat series. So it's just cool they do things like that. Oh, and then the biggest one is the crypt. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the crypt is actually Shang Tsung's Island from the movie, which is awesome. Oh my God. Where,
0: where where's that? In, in Mortal Kombat 11?
2: Yeah, Mortal Kombat. So each game has like a, a crypt right. where you go and, and where you earn the currency, you go and, and unlock, you know, you spend money on unlockables and, um, you know, cosmetic items, what have you. So the crypt in Mortal Kombat 11 is Sang is like specifically Shang Tsung's, Shang Tsung's Island. Can't even say it from the movie that, that and you can awesome. go underground. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's, it's You awesome. know
0: what? what's one of my favorite ones um, that I kind of remember it and I'm pretty sure it was before this particular event happened, but in Batman uh, Arkham Asylum, which was the first game um, in the trilogy there, there is actually a hidden room um, where you go you break a wall in the the warden's room and apparently it, it reveals like some blueprints right um and if you examine the blueprints right i guess at the time it looked like nothing but the developer actually uh, revealed it like two years later because it was undiscovered um where they gave it away, and it was the map for the second title, Arkham City. So it's like the blueprints and the plans for the map of the the, up the next game in the in the series.
1: You know, and est- an- another Easter egg that came to mind comes from Skyrim, which I think we've all played and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Easter egg being, what happens when you kick or hit the chicken? Stop. Seriously, they put that in there? Yeah, yeah, exactly what used to happen to you in Ocarina of Time. Um, everyone in in, well, kind of what happened, everyone in the town immediately targets you and goes to kill you if you
2: kick the chicken. That's funny. I never knew that. That's what pretty hilarious. I never knew, but you didn't know the
0: chicken thing or the Skyrim part?
2: The Skyrim, the Skyrim part. No, the the, uh, the whole hitting the chicken thing is it goes back from you know before Ocarina of Time, what
0: yeah, like Link to the Past, I think
1: was the first one? Oh, actually that kind of makes sense no but yeah that's what happens when you kick the chicken in Skyrim the whole t- town turns against you even if you do it in private I picked up a chicken and hit it somewhere else and kicked it <laughs> and everyone <laughs> still knew there's no way around it
2: your, your sneak was, uh, was
1: low <laughs> my sneak was low I don't think I think they put that in the game intentionally to automatically alert the entire village it was pretty funny I chuckled and never touched another chicken in that game but yeah Give it another try, because I know you're replaying it now, books. Give it a try. Just hit the chicken with a fireball or something. Enjoy.
2: No, I'll definitely do it. I'm definitely going to do it. As soon as we get, you know, we're off. <laughs> I, I hope they make a new one. I know it's not, you know, in the works anytime soon. That's not true. Um, they, wasn't
0: there, when they announced, what was their, what was the Starfield or something like that? Um, they announced, like, some sort of space game years ago, and I think around the time, there was, like, a teaser trailer for Elder Scrolls 6, wasn't there?
1: I don't, I don't know. recall.
2: I they feel like they were for online.
1: There yeah, they, I feel like there would have been a lot more hype and wave for that kind of announcement.
2: I feel like with this whole Grey thing, you know, they they really so many different uh expansions for online that that's something that they've been focusing on. No, I'm
0: definitely uh, There they, was there was like a 30 second trailer like in 2018 that was the the teaser trailer for Elder Scrolls 6.
1: Yeah, The only thing I'm seeing from PC Gamer is that Elder Scrolls 6 is not going to come out until after Starfield. So that has to happen first.
0: Oh, you see? I knew it was crazy. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's been it's about to be 10 years since Skyrim release. Because I was right. I remember 11, 11, 11. So kind of curious to see what they're doing on because I'm assuming it's going to be on some sort of new engine. So we'll see what what happens with that.
1: That'll be a lot of fun, especially if they start, if they use this no loading screen um, technology that's going to be used for basically everything coming out on the next gen consoles. I, I definitely would be very excited for that. And I also hope they take a page from the Fallout playbook and they use voice acting instead of reading. I'm just not a fan of reading text while playing a game like that.
0: I'm pretty sure Elder Scrolls has been
1: using voice acting. I'm sorry, from the character, not from the NPCs. Oh, yeah! Okay, no, I get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's time. I mean, even the Legend of Zelda did it, and that game—forget <laughs> it, man! I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild was the first one to to ever use uh, voice acting. Um, very, very excited for that. So you know, we'll definitely see um, where they
1: go with that. Yeah, we definitely need some more info on Breath of the Wild too.
0: No, definitely. I I'm so excited for that game. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but you know to uh to kind of uh keep things moving here um i would like to uh right do this episode segment of gaming history um so many things to to kind of take a look at um we will be taking a look at uh since we are at the end of the month uh june uh in june of 1995 uh for the uh, nintendo entertainment system was uh, Earthbound was localized for uh, U.S. audiences. Our Earthbound has definitely gained a cult following. It is—it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy. It's one of the most fun uh, RPG. Uh, if you want to find it on an emulator, or if you still have access to virtual console, if that's on there, uh, definitely give it a shot. It's—I know sometimes it's hard to stomach the 8-bit graphics. Seems we have so many polygons now in our games, but. Um, you could definitely take a look and see, you know, one of the um, best RPGs that's ever come out. I think, you know, my opinion, um, you know, the main character from Earthbound, you have seen him come out in several games in the Super Smash Bros. series as Ness. This is that's where he made his debut in. Um, I think it was called Mother in Japan for uh, Earthbound was. um uh, was the game that we got, which is, I believe, the equivalent to Mother 2.
1: Oh, cool. Well, thank you for that.
0: I kind of missed the turn-based RPGs. Um, I, I think that's why I loved uh, Child of Light so much. Uh, if you never played that, it's a Ubisoft game. I, I found that game to be incredibly fun. Um, it was beautiful music. It had a uh, great design uh, with cel-shaded graphics. Um, the combat was fairly simple, but the skill tree, uh, had like a, a path you had to take from like four corners. Definitely interesting. If, if you ever give it a shot, do do yourself a favor and give it a shot. If you like the, uh, like the RPG. Colonel Trigger is definitely one of my favorite games of, of all time. Uh, it's really, um. It's really crazy to think with the limited memory that they had back then uh, on the Super Nintendo that that game still has, what is it, 13 different endings. Isn't that insane? Um, there's, like, specific things that you have to do um, to get, like, the, the the right ending. And that is, like, even if you're, like, max leveled, max everything, like, the final boss still gives you a hard time. Kind of like Sephiroth.
2: That is... Yeah, that's definitely interesting. For you know, like I mentioned, I never played that game before, and um, I haven't also. I definitely want to try it out. Uh, but for a Super Nintendo game, definitely crazy to have that many endings with the limited you know technology they had back then. Yeah. So I don't know, man. So
0: we'll we'll definitely see. Um, I guess. Uh, well, okay, this that's kind of it for, for this week. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Um, any games you guys are playing right now?
1: I'm still trying to beat
0: Bioshock.
2: So I'm actually playing The Last of Us. I've had the game for a long time now, and I never finished it. I don't know why, but I definitely want to get that game beaten before the second part comes out, so that way I can get it and I can play that as, You know, because it's an amazing series um i have so much expectation for the second part as well and um some of the trailers that i've seen so far are great you know but again i i don't know why i had this whole period of time where i wasn't finishing games and it definitely is is coming back now because i don't have a lot of time and games like that definitely require a lot of time to beat or you're you're pretty much not going to get uh and that's something that I would like to talk about sometime, too, is, is when it comes to playing games, um, do you guys feel like you have to set aside like a lot of time to play certain kind of games yes. as, as opposed to, you know, like playing an hour yes. here and there? You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same, right? It's not.
0: That's actually I have had to eliminate certain games that I do enjoy completely from my library because I just cannot keep up. Like, for example, I was I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan. Um, but I was actually interested in the new Modern Warfare release. I just do not have the time to, to play as much and, and keep up, right? I just, I'd be getting carried like every match. Uh, games like, uh, World of Warcraft, which I love, but you just cannot play like an hour at a time, right? If you want to, to do mythic raiding, you need the equipment. You gotta grind those out. I, I just don't have the time anymore. So right. I, I have been cutting down on the multiplayer aspect of things, unless it is like, um, something that I could pick up, like, like Valorant, right? Valorant, you could just play a match here or there. Um, and the skill is, I don't, I don't think the skill gap would be that big if someone has, you know, 20 hours or, you know, 300 hours. You know, obviously, they might be better, but I don't think it's as punishing in that aspect.
1: So I'm definitely going to have to disagree with that and say that someone who puts in a lot more hours will have more time to get better at the game. Obviously, you have people who are naturals and can pick it up early. But to master a game like Valorant, you will definitely need, you know, to put in the time and practice to become good, to get that split reaction headshot. You know that'll determine the win or loss of that round. Um, then to kind of piggyback on what you said earlier, I feel it's you know when it comes to my gaming experience, I like to play games like you know Valorant and League of Legends and World of Warcraft, things that require a lot of time to get really good mechanically to play on those higher, um, I guess like tiers and and brackets or what have you for the you know specific games. And I prefer when I play games like that. Where it's super difficult, I like to be in the top tiers. You know, I don't want to settle for bottom of the barrel matches. I want to play against people who are actually good at the game, and I can't, I can't keep up because as soon as I start playing anything else outside of those games, uh, like story story type games like Fallout or Bioshock or something like that, and I by the time I finish that game, I get back into these competitive games, my my mechanics are rusty and i'm losing a round or two as i'm brushing up on things and i don't know i feel like you have to sacrifice one for the other
0: yeah and you know i i think i'm hitting that that portion of being the old man video game style right like um, i'm i'm 31 uh, but to jump in there and not have the time as someone in high school right who could just right come home they don't have like any real responsibilities um, from that aspect, they can put in the eight hours or something like that, you know, um, and just a day. So, I I think that's the the turnoff for me. But that's just me personally. Like, I still enjoy some of them, you know, like uh, like Smite. I, I enjoy Smite, but it's it's on a very casual basis for me.
1: No, I agree with you. And uh, I guess that's a good uh, place as any to cut this episode. And sorry that it ran a little longer than the others. But um, yeah, no, we had a lot to talk about and we definitely have a lot more things to talk about. So stay tuned for our next episodes. So catch you all there.
0: Boom. Hit the button.